Welcome to Sendoku Book Club, where we finally get around to the books that have been sitting on our shelves for forever. I'm Emily Miner. And I'm Leith Nelson. And this week, I am sticking to what I said last time. <laughs> we are not deviating. I am going to talk about dark places. We can do it. Yes. Occasionally. Uh, yes. We are adults <laughs> who... <laughs> Say what we mean, and we mean what we say. (laughs) Sometimes. (laughs) Anyway, so this is going to be a short episode, um, particularly because I did not finish this book. This is, I believe, a first for me. No, not quite. You didn't finish Mere Christianity, but that was different. That was just because... That was because I needed to stick to my promises yeah. <laughs> and actually record it. You had it to pick between the two. Right. So it's not because you got it was so bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was because I just didn't quite have the time. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. but it was quite good. Anyway. Dark Places. Um, let's just start with a little background. Yeah. So... I have owned this book. I was trying to think about it probably since like my senior year of college. Okay. So that puts it at around six or five or five, or five. five-ish years yeah. for me. Um, so I bought it I when I bought the other two books by Jillian Flynn. <clears throat> if you don't, sorry. For those of you who are maybe not familiar with the book Dark Places, it's by Gillian Flynn. She's the author of Gone Girl, um, which was turned into a really big movie with Rosamund Pike and uh, Ben Affleck. Um, and Neil Patrick Harris. And Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> Can't forget that. Um, which and, I have not uh, seen. Oh, really? Really. Okay. So the whole reason that I bought... Are we going to spoil anything this episode? From that, probably not. Okay. Yeah. Um, Other than, I don't know. I mean, I have things spoiled for me, so I don't care. I know, but like, it was was published like seven years ago. (laughs) (laughs) What's like the statute of limitations on spoilers? Here's my question. Would you feel comfortable telling someone... That Dumbledore dies. Obviously, I just yes. said it. Like <laughs> yes, I, I would. Like, I, I have a kid in my homeroom who's reading Harry Potter for the first time. Well, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't do it to, like, a kid who's mm-hmm. reading it for the first time. But if, like, you're an adult, like, you've had your time. <laughs> you've had time. Like, if you have... To be completely honest, like, if you haven't read Harry Potter by now, you're probably not planning right. to. Yeah. Unless I know that you're, like, about to, then, yeah, I would have no mm-hmm. problem saying that. I feel like this is a little different. Anyway. <laughs> um, it was a very big movie. Um, I bought the books because I actually saw the movie first. Mm. It's good. Like, it's a good movie. I mean, I liked it. Um, a lot of people liked it. I think it was Did it? I'm pretty sure it was up for some Oscar, Oscars. I don't know. I really have terrible memory when it comes to awards, so that's totally possible. It was a David Fincher movie, and, you know, folks like RC shit, so it probably was up for some awards. Yeah. Um, but it was good. Like, I really liked it. Right. Um, and Jillian Flynn's whole thing 
is the sort of tortured, complicated, v- villainous, sometimes um, female characters. Mm-hmm. Not always, her protagonists aren't always villainous, but they're always very sort of these dark and complicated right. characters and not always the most likable. Although, that's really going to be the topic of most of this episode. <laughs> um, because for me, there's a fine line. Mm. So anyway, I've owned the book for about five years because I saw the movie, decided I love this. Mm-hmm. I have to get these books. Loved her. Like, inter- She had a couple interviews where she talked about there aren't enough you know, more complicated, more villainous female mm-hmm. characters out there. Um, and that was her thing. So I was really excited about that. Um, Red Gone Girl pretty much right away. I actually think I used part of it in like a college essay I was writing. And then it probably took me another couple of years before I read Sharp Objects, um, which was actually the first book that she wrote was published in 2006 um which is absolutely incredible like in my opinion the best of the three very very good it was turned into an hbo series with amy adams um and um some other really wonderful actors um and if you happen to have access to an hbo subscription i highly recommend it it's very very good in my opinion um hard to watch occasionally but um quite good um and anyway i figured i've read these other two i've just had the third for these Mm. five years so anyway figured i should get around to it um and boy <laughs> i don't know i feel like i feel like for the most part on this podcast i have been pretty like i can find even in things that i haven't super enjoyed i can uh-huh. find like positivity or like more interesting criticism and really i just think that what this book boils down to for me is like a personal preference that i did not like it at all um like i don't know if there was anything really wrong with it especially since i only got 60 pages in to this (laughs) 350 page book i don't really know if i can say a whole lot about like critically you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um and you know the book got like a lot of good i don't know how much attention it got but it got a lot of good reviews um and it was turned into a movie with charlie's how do you pronounce her last name theron theron if you if you say it with confidence it's correct with charlie's theron um but it did not do well like mm. really bombed like um, when Mm, that's a good question like after gone girl or uh i think it was after gone girl i think it was like sort of on the coattails of gotcha okay gone girl but let me just double check here um yeah to 2015 okay yep so yeah i just didn't do well i haven't seen it um 
and I won't. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Gone Girl and Sharp Objects, super recommend. The movie and the series for both of those, great. Um, Dark Places. So... I'm just going to give a quick little synopsis mm-hmm. of what I even know, because I don't know the ending. <laughs> of the first and, sixth of the book. And this is a mystery novel, okay? <laughs> so, like, I really don't, like, I haven't even looked up the ending. So I couldn't, I really don't know if I could spoil anything mm-hmm. that you wouldn't, that you, literally, that you wouldn't know on the back. Yeah, there's everything that I know you, you will not get spoiled about. Okay. <laughs> So, the main character, her name's Libby Day. She is 30 years old. Her whole family was murdered um, in a, what seemed like a satanic cult mass murder when she was just a baby. She was the only survivor other than her 15-year-old brother, Ben, who is convicted for the murder okay. and he is in prison and has been in prison for that whole time. So we now see her at 30. She inherited $321,374 when she was 18 years old. That was all of the money that had been sent by people who were basically like, oh no, this poor mm-hmm. baby. Like it was in the news. And right, stuff. Like, exactly. Okay. So people sent in donations and they got held and saved for her until she was gotcha. 18. And then that was like her inheritance. So I, for some reason, decided to do the math. Uh, so she's now 30. That means that over these 12 years, she's had access to approximately $26,781 a year. Has she run out at this point? So, the (laughs) first chapter, like, within the first three pages, the guy who, like, runs her account, um, he holds a meeting with her. And apparently he's been trying to get a hold of her for a while. And she's a real pain in the ass. (laughs) And, like, is kind of, like, like, Mm -hmm. avoids him. Until she sits down with him and he's like, yeah, you have just shy of $1,000 left. And she's like, cool, awesome, just what I wanted to hear. And he's like, well, you would have known sooner if you would have, like, returned any of my calls. And um, anyway, she, her first reaction is to sort of be like, is there no more publicity? Like, the 25-year anniversary of it's coming, of it is coming uh-huh. up. And, like, even in her internal monologue, because this is from her point of view, she's like, I kind of hate myself for, like, who, like, gets excited for, like, their 25th anniversary of their family being murdered. Right. But, like, maybe it would bring in some more money. Right. And he's like, look, Libby, like, there are other people who have been killed since, <laughs> <laughs> since your family. <laughs> and... You're not really You're not <laughs> interesting <special> anymore. anymore. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. <clears throat> um just like and he's like, what about college? And she's like, she just flat out is like, no. And he's like, what about like we'll set you up with a job. Like we can have you filing or whatever, right? Like simple office work will get you work. And she's like, no. 
I won't do it. No. And I hate this person. <laughs> and, and I feel very conflicted about that because on one hand, I'm at a point in my life where I don't think that anyone should have to work <laughs> to live yeah. and have money to live. Mm. But I'm also like, you literally have someone like, this is an insane, like, obviously out of a terrible and traumatizing circumstance. But having this mass of money and then having people like, like, just because she doesn't have people donating anymore doesn't mean that she doesn't have any support. Like, this right. guy is like, we will literally set you up with a job. You won't have to, like, do anything mm. for it. Like, that's a lot of privilege. Yeah. And she's literally just like, no, I won't. Like, not interested. <laughs> I'm just like... Okay, anyway, but here's the thing. Like, she owns up to being unlikable. So can, I'm going to read a little bit. Okay. <clears throat> this is the first page. She says, I have a meanness inside me, real as an organ, Slit me at my belly and it might slide out, meaty and dark, drop on the floor so you could stomp on it. It's the day blood. Something's wrong with it. So, like, automatically, I'm like, this is too emo even for me. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's just a little, it's a little much. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a little too dramatic for me right and anyway she the rest of this paragraph's talking about how like you know it, it truly is a sad story how she's sort of been shuffled around from family member to family member all of like her childhood photos are her looking like semi-disheveled mm -hmm. um and she's always just sort of been like this like not super like sweet girl and then the last line of the page quote I was not a lovable child, and I'd grown into a deeply unlovable adult. Draw a picture of my soul, and I'd and it'd be a scribble with fangs. Unquote. <laughs> so first of all, I hate that last line. Yeah. <laughs> like again, this is just too dramatic for me. But like, I completely agree with her. She is a fully unlovable adult. <laughs> and again, like, I feel so bad saying that because I'm like. No one's unlovable. Like, <laughs> everyone deserves a support system. Like, it's absolutely horrific that she has no family, right? It has clearly mm -hmm. been, you know, this happened to her when she was a baby. But, like, <clears throat> this has clearly been, like, a deeply traumatizing life mm -hmm. thus far. And to know that you can't even, you know... You can't even look to the only remaining family member you have left because he is supposedly the person who murdered the rest right. of your family. Like, that's horrific. But at the same time, this... I actually was, like, really excited to read this book. Like, it sounds like an interesting premise. Um, the uh, I'll just read the quick little 
it's not even a blurb, but like the quick description on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. The novel deals with class issues in rural America, intense poverty, and the satanic cult hysteria that swept the United States in the 1980s. Sounds fascinating. Right. Like, sounds like something I would be totally interested in reading. Um, I, I, mystery isn't my typical genre, but I like a good mystery. Like, the storyline, I have no problem with that. And, and again, I'm not spooling anything because this is on the back, but like... The whole mystery is that it's probably not her older brother, Ben, who killed the family. Um, And she sort of ends up investigating what actually happened. Mm -hmm. I do not know what the outcome of that is. Um, So, like, the story to me, interesting, worth reading. I could not read it from her eyes. Like, I couldn't get through her being the protagonist. Mm -hmm. Um... And I've been trying to figure out why that is because all of Gillian Flynn's female characters are, like I said earlier, these sort of dark, troubled people. Okay. So with Gone Girl, um, oh gosh, what's her name? I should know. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember the main character's name. But anyway, Miss she girl. like... Miss hmm? Girl. Mrs. Girl? Yeah. <laughs> oh, because... Okay. <laughs> I'll call her Rosamund Pike. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so she frames her own murder. I guess I am spoiling things. Okay. It doesn't yeah. matter. Whatever. No, I don't care. <laughs> she like, she frames her own murder. Like she frames her husband for her own murder, mm. runs away, ends up like killing an ex-boyfriend of hers when she sort of tries to like run to him for, I can't remember if it's like sincere, like running to him for support or not, or if mm. it's just sort of like another, if he's like another like, piece of her plan, you know, um, ends up murdering him. It's very bloody in the yeah. movie. Um, like, she's also sort of this deeply unlikable character, right? But for some reason, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like, get it, <laughs> go, like, <laughs> frame him, <laughs> track him. <laughs> I'm sorry, am I being too loud? <laughs> A little. Okay. But, like, I'm into it, you know? Like, right. obviously, if this... this I, Her in real life, I'd be like, you are messed up. What is wrong with you? Like, that's sick. Mm-hmm. Just divorce him. Because yeah. um, he's cheating on her. Just divorce him, you know? Take him for all of his money. Whatever. But, like... So, yeah. I don't get it. Why do I like her... It makes more sense to me why I like the main character in Sharp Objects. Because, like, she, to me, is, well, maybe more, like, obviously a victim Mm -hmm. than um, the main character in Gone Girl. Like, she, I don't know if she, like, really, truly realizes it. I think a lot of stuff has sort of been internalized. But, like was, like, severely abused by her mother um, and is back home 
and all of this like deep-rooted family stuff with her mother's own mental illness is like being dredged up right and she doesn't always make this maybe the smartest decisions and like has a drinking problem and has some mental health problems and um you know that that causes trouble for her but also like she is also an she can be an incredibly kind character at the same time like and can be thoughtful and in my opinion is like extremely lovable but yeah like I don't know just within all I can say is that within the first 60 pages of dark dark places I couldn't find one thing that made me think okay maybe I could get behind Mm -hmm. this character or maybe I could enjoy her point of view um and just to be clear like this book actually goes back and forth chapter by chapter between her perspective and I believe it's her mom's perspective from like the time of like the time around when uh, her family was murdered. And that was kind of more interesting, but I don't know. I feel bad. I don't have much else to say about this <laughs> other than sort of these theoretical musings about mm. why she was just too unlikable for me. Right. That's all I really have. I don't know. Do you have questions? <laughs> yeah. So I guess my question is, like, specifically contrasting it with Gone Girl, how what is she doing in those 60 pages? Because from the, the only bit you told me, she's, like, time skipped and yeah. then refusing to do things. Yeah. So um, the real, like, catalyst to this story is <clears throat> she gets this inquiry from this group who sort of like has this fascination with like like, an online forum yeah basically they like want her to come and talk for like 500 bucks did you ever get into serial the podcast serial no but it sounds like something that i would be very much was the same thing i got into it a year after it kind of like wrapped up so i went through like the old forums and it was insane how much these people like were digging into a real murder a real mystery and like were constant and like obviously there's like only so much you can post about like or dig up about a a mystery of like 20 years past Mm -hmm. and so like the amount of people there just talking about the characters or should i say the people as if they're characters is strange um yeah that's basically what this group is yeah um so anyway they get in contact with her and she's like i'll do it for a thousand (laughs) and i think they get her to come out and basically like a couple times it comes up near the very beginning where like it's clear that there are people out there who do not think that her brother did this okay and they are supporters of him. Mm-hmm. And at first, and pretty much still like 
for the most part, through what I've read, Libby has absolutely no interest in hearing that perspective. She's like, I have no desire to, like, hear your groupie stuff about why my brother didn't kill my yeah. entire family because I know he did, you know? Um, <clears throat> and anyway, from talking to them, and then she ends up, like, talking to a, a couple other people for whatever reason, and um, basically she, like, starts to learn a little bit more about her town's well where she grew up that community and which i don't even remember a whole lot of details because she was only still only just kind of sort of getting into it Mm -hmm. but like sort of is starting to get this idea that maybe there were other factors at play if that makes sense um but that's really it like that's right that's it there are there there are the flashbacks i think i read maybe one or two within those 60 pages of her mom and it's basically it's sort of like a diary entry style maybe not quite but like from her mom's perspective um just sort of about like family life and apparently ben the killer brother was like just like this moody kind of kid and she's you know sort of wondering like how do I, you know, he's locked in his locked himself in yeah. his room all the time. Like, how do I bond with my son? He's in this sort of moody teenager stage. Like, that's kind of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just wondering, like, with Gone Girl, I'm assuming it does not take very long to get to the she's murdered, quote unquote. Like, no, not at all. So, like, this is making me think of. Um, have you seen Fargo? No, I haven't. So Fargo, there is a character. I cannot remember his name. I'm sure it's extremely Scandinavian because um, they're in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he is played by William H. Macy. And he is just the worst. Like he is an awful, like sniveling human being. Mm-hmm. Um who is like deep in money troubles and is like doing these crazy things to get out of it. But you are like invested in these crazy schemes that he's got and like is obviously doing the wrong thing, going about it the wrong way. Um, So it's at least interesting. And even, and you want to see like whether he's going to crash and burn. And if he is, how is he? Because there's no way he's going to get out of this. Sure. And I feel like Gone Girl in the same way, like, even if you understand that, like, this is the wrong thing to do, right. it's at least, like, interesting as opposed to, like, this person is unlikable and knows it. And we get to sit with her for about 60 pages being unlikable before anything really starts to happen. Yeah. And even and the stuff with the mom, like... I'm assuming will eventually tie in right, with I'm, stuff that's I'm going sure, on. Yeah. And maybe it does early on, but it just like, it sounds like it's doing a lot of prep work, a lot of exposition before it gets to like the meat of what's going on. Yeah. Like if it had started with her at the speaking arrangement or whatever, and you find out that she's like out of money or whatever and like, all these all these things onward instead of 
having that lead in, well, losing the money, things like that. Right, I don't know. Right. And and here's the thing. Like, I think what we're sort of talking about is the fact that, like, if this was a person that I knew in real life, I would probably like her a lot more. Maybe. Okay. Like, I think that I'm not super liking this because, like, it's kind of boring. Yeah. Like, she is sort of, she's not like, she means she's a deeply depressed person. And in my opinion, the way that she is written is not a particularly interesting way right. to read about a character who is deeply depressed yeah. i do truly think that like if i knew her in real life i would like her more because i'm not reading about her yeah. i know her and i understand like i don't i do not i don't want to come off as like i don't like her because she's you know she's like, lazy she, she's lazy and depressed and like she's unlikable and like because that makes me sound like I don't, like, I can be lazy and depressed and unlikable (laughs) sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, and I know, like, plenty of people who go through these things, you know, not their entire family, but like, you know what I mean? So, like, I do not want to come off sounding like she's just bad. Like, I hate her. Mm. I don't really, but like, I don't really like reading about her, not the way that she's written yeah does that make more sense yeah no i think that's fine and the sort of boring exposition part certainly doesn't help Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah even with sharp objects like it's not like it's similar in that like it takes a while for things to be revealed but it's like a slow burn like there are interesting things happening along the way where to me this is just like she's sad and poor and traumatized and is just starting to learn about her trauma Mm -hmm. and that's it kind of so did that answer your question yeah i think so for the most part okay I'm trying to think. I I feel like I might have had another question, but that was mostly it because, I don't know, it's interesting for me to hear you talk about a book you didn't necessarily like because you're not like me where you've got like this just piles of like cheap books. Trash. Yeah. Yeah. Like I have a book that I can't even remember the title of it that's going to be on this podcast someday, which I grabbed entirely because the cover was so awful. It was just cat people, aliens. (laughs) like standing around humans and like getting up on their spaceship and it's just like this looks amazing <laughs> i need to read so this and you like read quality stuff <laughs> that generally always. yeah <laughs> i mean like you do read a, you have a little bit more like pulp stuff oh yeah 100 yeah. percent. yeah like i think this is also interesting at being like our first book that like didn't finish mm-hmm. we're really just talking about why we can't finish a book yeah like 
I didn't feel any, I didn't feel it was necessary. Do you quit books very often? Yes. Okay. All the time. I used to say I did. I used to say that I didn't, I wasn't afraid to quit a book, but I haven't quit a book in a long time. And I don't know if that's just because I've read better stuff or if it's because I don't read as much and now I feel like even if I'm reading a bad book, I should finish it. Honestly, I, to be completely honest, I just get bored really easily. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know what it is because I was reading more like teeny ya like super sort of light yeah um fiction when i was in middle school high school and i would just fly through stuff like i remember like going to the library and getting a pile of books and my parents and like just reading that afternoon and my parents would have to like call me down for dinner multiple times mm-hmm. because I was like just one more chapter or like I'd be reading late into the night and had my little light nightlight on or like my lamp next to my bed and I would hear my parents footsteps come down the hallway mm-hmm. and I would know to like turn the light off because they were specifically coming to check to see if I had my light on. And, like, I don't do that anymore. And part of that is because I'm tired (laughs) a lot. Um, And, you know, I'm an adult. And, like, I have other things to do, unfortunately. But, like, I sound like... I sound like um, Rosamund Pike's character in Pride and Prejudice. This is a total aside. (laughs) But she's like... I wish I had time to read, but there's just so many other things to do. (laughs) Um, Anyway. Um, And yeah, like now I just get kind of bored. And I don't know if that's because I actually don't read a ton of fiction these days. Like Mm -hmm. I read a lot more nonfiction and maybe I need to introduce more fiction into my life because I like nonfiction, but sometimes I'm like... Yeah, I get that halfway through it, and I'm like, I get the gist. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready to move on. And I also will read multiple things at a time. Um, I can only read... I can only read multiples if one of them is a book and the other is like a comic book. I can't like... No, I'll read multiple things at a time, but only because I get bored. So I have to like bounce back and forth between things to like make sure that I keep reading. And sometimes... I don't even know, man. I feel like I do the, I've mitigated my not finishing books by the, because I am very adept at skimming and skipping when I get bored. Mm, Like, I don't drop it. I'm just like, this is, okay, this is going on for a little bit. Like, I can just. Maybe I should try that. Seriously, I don't don't think that's a bad tactic. I wouldn't suggest it. I don't think that's a bad tactic. For years, the first time I reread, um, a lot of this comes up with Harry Potter. The first time I reread the first book, I was like, who is this figure drinking from a unicorn's blood? When did this happen? Or Oh my gosh, are you serious? Or when in the third one, when he gets the the broom, I didn't remember that. Because you I just was, skipped over that? Yeah, I was bored. I didn't care. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, well, see, that's a whole other thing because Harry Potter was one of those books that I flew through and I read every word. Like many other people. It doesn't make me unique, yeah. but like, I don't know. But 
I am enjoying doing this podcast because it truly is like encouraging me to finish the things that I do have interest yep. in. Like finishing all of the Chronicles of Narnia. Sure, maybe I got bored parts of the way through like the last battle, but like I got all the way through and I had sort of this other external motivation. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, I was really glad that I had finished it. Not just for this, but for yeah. myself. But that doesn't mean that I feel like this obligation to finish. If I'm truly not enjoying something, I do not want to waste my time. Like, I will read something else or (laughs) I will play Crash Bandicoot or, you know, whatever. Like, I would rather do something else than read something that I know that I'm not enjoying. Yeah. So, I stopped reading. I think that's also... That is double-edged because... Like, when we read for the podcast, we're thinking we need to have something to say. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, when we started this, you were worried that, like, I didn't like it. That, like, we're going to have, like, 10 minutes and we're at 40. Yeah. So. Because <laughs> I'm a I'll sick, cut this. sick talker. <laughs> we'll cut this down. Good. But. <laughs> Thank God. But, yeah. I don't know. That's kind of all I have. Yeah. Is that okay? Absolutely. All right. I feel like 40 minutes is a good place to stop. <laughs> stop talking. plenty of time to talk about a book that... <laughs> we talked about this longer than we talked about The Lord of the Rings. But that was like an early one. So we'll know that when we finally get to the two, tower, two towers, yeah. you'll... Uh... Oh boy, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a long one. So maybe we can do that for the one year anniversary or something. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. That sounds good. Um. Anyway, this has been... Truly, honestly, a delightful episode. Yeah. Really enjoyed talking about a book that I didn't enjoy reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and next time, we are going to do a catch-up episode. Am I correct? Yeah. So you'll notice that for once um, in a while, we actually got this two weeks after. We're as time. As per usual, or as we would hope per usual. Um, and so because we went two episodes in a row doing three weeks apart instead of two weeks apart... We're going to have an episode out next week. Hold us to that. It's going to be a catch-up one, just sort of talking about the podcast in general because it's been a year. And, I don't know, talk about other stuff we've been reading that's not just, like, stuff that's been uh, gathering dust on our bookshelves. Believe it or not, every once in a while, we will read something that we just purchased. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Looking forward to it. Right. Thank you so much to Velpunch for their song Fighting Pose from the album His Fighting Pose. Uh, We use it for our intro and outro, and it's great every time. All right. And we'll see you next time. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.